Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, as we come to you tonight, and we ask in the name of Jesus that in everything we do, and everything we say, we pray that you are pleased. We pray, my Father, that we come to understand how your kingdom works tonight. We pray that the word of God goes into our hearts and changes us. We pray that the outcome, my Father Almighty God, is that we will be able to relate to you in a way that is so simple and so effective, so functional, that my Father Almighty God, our lives will definitely change. We glorify you, we worship you, we praise you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we have prayed. Amen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it, it's going to be a fun night. God will be kind to us, as I said. And so, where we got to last week, we are in um, Mark 4, and we got to the fact that the sower sows the word, we got through that. And then we were explaining... Um, how we were on the first um, soil and, this, and we got to the part where it said, these are they by the wayside. Um, and we explained, that's where we, that's where we began. That's where we got to last week. Um, if you do have any questions, like I said, please put them in the chat and then we'll go from there. Now, one of the beautiful things about tonight that I want you to keep in mind is this, we're fasting. Um, the majority of us are fasting. And remember what we said uh, when we were explaining fasting, that fasting causes your relationship with God to go to a higher level. So Bible studies get, Bible studies get um, better. Prayer gets better. Worship times become more sensitive. It's easier to obey God and it's easier to hear the voice of the Lord. And we also realize that the opportunity to give, that means also not just of your resources, but of yourself, whereby you can take an action that will literally change your life. It becomes easier. And so I'm quite excited for tonight and I'm quite excited for this season. And as we do take questions at the end, if you do have any questions regarding that, as many as we can field, we will definitely take. And so ladies and gentlemen, so what we're going to do is we're going to start and I'll, I'll read through, um, what, what we're at Mark 4 and we're picking it up from verse 13. So last week we went through verse 12 that this is how people understand. And then we also got to the fact that the sower sows the word. And we also got to the fact that notice the word did not change. So when a farmer sows the word, it does not change from the time it leaves his hand to the time it arrives in the ground. And so if you do want to catch up, ladies and gentlemen, and I, I encourage you to do so, I really would recommend the podcast so you can listen to it during the day. And it's a great time to listen, to go over stuff. As many of the podcasts as you can drink in the word of God during this season while you are fasting and praying. And I hope you're enjoying the times of prayer, which are really special. Um, before we do go on, we do, we, we do say a really big happy birthday to Pastor Agle. We're grateful to him and we thank God for him. 
we are most excited that um, it's his birthday and we want to just say thank you and we bless him. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, as we begin, let's start at Mark 4 and I'll, I'll start reading from Mark 4 verse 13 and we'll go from there. So we did go through 12. So Jesus makes a statement and I would love you, um, I would love you to hold on to this statement. And it's Mark 4 reading from verse 13. I will read from the um, the King James Version of the Bible to begin. And the Bible says, And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And he said, And how then will you know all parables? Ladies and gentlemen, in our study of the parable, this is why the parable is so special, especially this one in particular. Um, Hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go back a step. The Holy Spirit asked me to go back. And so I'm going to go to verse, um, chapter 4, verse 12, um, we, which is where we ended it last week. And the Bible says the following. I'll read verse 12. I just want to make one statement. Um, and so I'm, I'll go back to Mark 4, verse 12. And also the great thing is you've had the, a chance to read over and I really hope you enjoyed it. Mark 4 verse 12, the Bible says the following, that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Now he's speaking about the state of the people in Israel at that point in time who didn't believe like the group that he was about to explain everything to. But I wanted to make, I wanted to make this statement. Where the Bible, no, I want you to notice that understanding, okay? Understanding is not an event. It is a process. And that was the process we talked about last week. What your eyes see and what your ears hear will bring you to a place of understanding. And so ladies and gentlemen, as you spend time in the word of God, as you spend time, especially at this time of fasting, the Lord will cause you to understand different things in his word. And those things will shape your life. And so what Jesus said is, he said, when you come to the word of God, seeing, that means the things that God causes you to see in the word, Processing the word so it shapes and builds pictures on your inside that you can act on. Hearing, where you process the word of God to the point where you come to understand or grasp it. So understanding, ladies and gentlemen, it's a process. It's not an event. Um, it's a process. 4.13. Okay. The Bible says, then let's go on to the next one. So let's move forward um, relatively quickly. The Bible says, Jesus makes a statement. He said, know ye not this parable. How then will you know all parables? And this is what I want you to realize. Jesus is teaching on the kingdom of God. This is what he said. He said, the kingdom of God is like this. He's explaining all, all the things that he's explaining are how the kingdom of God functions. But then he says something about this parable. He says, if you can understand this parable, everything else about the kingdom of God that he explains in parables will become clear to you. So what he is presenting is, if you can understand how the God 
transfers things from himself to you by his word, through his spirit, then everything else becomes clear. And that's the beautiful thing about the parable of the sower. He said, if you can understand this one, everything else I'm going to say becomes clear. Everything I'll say about the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the talents, the parable of, of the good Samaritan, the par all the parables that he shared, everything Jesus said about the kingdom of God. He said, if you can understand this parable, the key is in this parable. And so ladies and gentlemen, Let's jump on in. Verse 14, the sower soweth the word. We spoke about that a little bit last week. Let's wrap that up. The primary method that God will transfer something from himself to you is through his word. Now, I want you to also please keep this in mind. The beautiful thing about his word is, so when you when God wants to give you something, when God wants to transfer something to you, he will give you his word. He will bring the Bible to life. He will cause the Holy Spirit to speak into your life. He will cause a prophet or a pastor or a sermon to speak into your life. But God, transfer, his primary method of transferring something from himself to you is through his word. And so I hope that really helps you take your Bible study seriously because God wants to talk to you. Now, let's go to verse 15. Um, so let's keep that in mind. The sower sows the word. Now, I, we spoke about this last week, and that means this. When God sows the word, the same way a farmer sowing seeds, the seeds will not change. The harvest expected will not change by the time they leave the farmer's hands and arrive in your life. That means, ladies and gentlemen, if God gives you a promise, you can take it to the bank. And that's what Jesus is saying. And he said, when God wants to transfer something to you, he will sow his word. He will send his word into your life. And so we'll hold on to that. So let's look at what happens. So there are four outcomes. So let's look at them. Outcome number one, verse 15, Mark 4, verse 15. The Bible says the following, and these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. Pause for a moment. <clears throat> Jesus said the word was sown. That means the promise was given. Remember, we said, if you remember the story we, we spoke about two weeks ago, all of them were given an email. All of them were given an email, but only one of them took advantage of what that email promised. The very same way, when God sows a promise, there's a possibility that the promise can be stolen. That means it's not that God did not answer you. It is that it was stolen before it could take root. So let's have a look at what, what that means. And I'm going to um, I'm going to turn, if you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, I will start um, and I'm going to, I'll read from the Amplified Classic version of the Bible. Um, and so let me, let me say this about, Bible study. Whenever you're, especially when you're dealing with the Gospels, three of the Gospels are called that um, they, they are the they correlate. They all 
tell the same sets of story. Only one tells the story, but tells it differently. That's the book of John. But Matthew, Luke, and Mark, they pretty much tell, they're called the, um, there's, a, there's a very heavy word, but they all flow together. I can't remember what the word is. And when you're studying the Bible, read the stories in each account. Why? Because what you'll realize is the accounts that you read, synaptic gospels, that's it. When you, when, when you read, I think that's right. Um, when you read the various accounts, and we'll take our declarations now before I go on. Let me just grab that. So let's, it's 7.14, ladies and gentlemen. So let me pause and take our declarations. So ready are we? Let's take it together. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray and we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus' name we pray. We declare that our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, amen. Thank you, Synoptic Gospels. Thank you very much. I've got that. Great. Thanks, guys. Okay, amen. Right. So read the stories in the other Gospels, especially when you're working with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You'll find very similar stories. Why do I encourage you to read them? And this is one of the things I do when I'm doing Bible study is you get the same story with from different perspectives. And so that gives you a complete picture of what the story is saying. So let's go to Matthew, Matthew 13. Matthew tells the very same story that Jesus is. And I'm going to read from verse 18. The Bible says this, listen then to the meaning of the parable of the sower. Verse 19, while anyone is hearing the word of the kingdom and does not grasp and comprehend it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the roadside. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to please understand something. That means if you do not understand a promise, then and only then is it possible for them to steal it. That means cause it not to come to pass. And what I want you to realize, what the Bible says, what Matthew says there, if you read that in the, in the King James Version, he says, is, does, if anybody hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it. Now, this is why I wanted to talk about understanding. That means I always thought that understanding was that momentary time whereby you're at, the, you're at a worship service or at your, uh, your, let's say you're at an, a watch night service and a promise comes that this is going to be your year of, this is going to be your year of like the word we have over this year, which is Jeremiah 23, reading from verses 11 to 13, that this is your year where God has plans for you and God's plans for you are good and God, you will find the Lord when you seek him with all your heart. And everybody screams, amen. I thought that if at that time you don't understand it, Satan can wait for you just by where the 42 bus work comes and he's able to steal the promise. That's not true. 
what happens is this is what Matthew said. Matthew says, if anybody does not understand the promise, then and only then can it be stolen. So let's pause for a moment. Remember what we said. Understanding is not a gift. It is a process. It's not an event. It is a process. Now, what's the process? You spend time looking at it. You spend time saying it and hearing it over again. You spend time thinking about it. We call that meditation. You spend time saying it to yourself, and then you begin to act on it. The outcome of those four things brings you to a place of understanding. And the Bible says, if you do not do the homework, whereby, and remember what we said about Bible study, if you do not do the homework, that is to read, study, meditate, confess, and do, then and only then are your promises able to be stolen. And they are only stolen because you won't realize that this is yours. And that means someone can take it away. And I'll give you an, I, and I, and this, this, is, this is the key. I'll give you an example. If you think about it, if you had never seen a bus before and you come into a city and everybody gets around by bus and you take some advice and you've got a piece of paper that says, stand by bus stop G and wait for bus 32. But you didn't know what a bus looked like. Buses will be passing you, but you won't realize and so this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, this is where the seed ends up on the wayside, which is hard ground. It means the person does not go through the process to begin to understand what the Lord is promising or saying to them. And now this is what you begin to realize. The Bible says Satan only comes for he comes for three reasons, and that's what we'll look at in a moment. But if you go through the process whereby you take a promise, you sit down, and then you begin to look at it, you begin to think about it, and then you begin to study, it will crystallize. The Holy Ghost will tell you things that you've never seen before. Um, so, um, for the for the lady who just joined, you can get the Bible study recordings. They are on our podcast, so you don't have to pay a penny. They are on the, um, if you go to where our podcasts are posted or on our website, you'll be able to find out how to get them. And we'll probably put a link in before the end of the day, but you can get them. So please don't worry if you, you can get them. So this is key. So ladies and gentlemen, please understand this. If you go through the process of coming to understand this is what the promise does. Then it is impossible for them to steal it from you and the benefits of that promise will come to you. And I'll give you an example. Um, I'll give you an example in my life. Um, when I gave my life to Christ a, a relatively long time ago, I found out that the Bible says that whenever you are in a difficult situation, that the Holy Spirit, will give you what to say. Um, he says in that moment, Luke 12, Luke 12, verse 11 to 12. 
Now, this is what, when we, I picked, this is one of the scriptures I learned very early in, in my Christian life, Luke 12, 11 to 12. Okay. What it says there is, as when they bring you before the synagogues, not to magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing you shall answer or what you shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in that same hour what you ought to say. Now, that was what I read. I heard it in church and I thought, wow, that's fantastic. So then what did I do? I began to read around the Bible and find out how does the Holy Ghost speak to people? So as I began to read the Bible, I began to discover, oh, so the Holy Ghost can speak to me through the word. The Holy Ghost can speak to my heart. The Holy Ghost will speak. And I began to realize, but then I got to a point, And one of the most interesting things he got to a point was I had to put it to the test. And it's great. So when you and one of the best places to put things to the test is where you are doing the work of the kingdom. And so I was explaining the gospel to someone. And I and they they had every single argument under the sun. They they knew they knew how to put it, tear it apart. But then I prayed and I said, Holy Ghost, just tell me what to say. Just tell me what to say. And I remember the day. And he just said, say it like this. And I, that was the first time I saw it. I just made a very simple statement and it seemed it just, it was, wasn't in line with the conversation. I just said, have you thought about it like this? And tears came to the person's eyes. And I remember it was in, it was, um, it, I was in Nigeria at that point in time. That was where I was in school and that was where I gave my life to Christ. And the person was a Muslim and the person's eyes filled with tears. And I thought, well, wow. And I realized that, wait, so Holy Ghost, when I'm in a bind or I'm in a difficult situation, you will teach me what to say. What am I doing? I heard it. I studied about it. I began to say it to myself in prayer. I began to confess it about that the Holy Ghost will teach me whenever I'm in a difficult situation what to do. And then I put it to test. The Bible says, when you go through that process, what you have cannot be stolen. Are we together? Jesus said, if you don't go through the process of coming to an understanding of what the promises of God are present, what they say and what God's word says, then it's possible for Satan to steal them from you. And how does he steal them? he will present to you an alternative argument that if you don't know what you're doing, you will accept it as true because he will present something that sounds feasible. And those are the kind of things you've got to be careful of. And that is his primary method of stealing. He suggests and he lies. So if you don't know the truth, if you don't know, no, 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 no that's not true. You cannot stop that. And then if you believe a lie, you'll find yourself going down a path that you don't want to go down. Jesus said, that's the first thing that happens. If we do not go through the process of understanding what God says or a promise that God has given. And I'll give you an example. Take the word of God over this year. 
And the word of God to us in Jesus' house over this year is Jeremiah 23, reading from verses 11 to 13. Spend some time with it. Break it down. Read it in different versions. And it will shock you how much is there. And then begin to claim it for yourself in prayer. Begin to speak it over yourself as a confession. And then begin to act as if it is true. It will be the most remarkable season of your life. And so I hope that helps somebody. Okay, so let's go back to Mark 4. So that's the first thing. Jesus said, this is, so the, this is where the parable, he said, this is what happens when it falls on the wayside. For those of you that remember the story, and I did promise that <laughs> we would break it down. Remember the first lady. She was so upset by a previous event that she was suspect of everything the train company did. And this is what the Bible says. The so she couldn't, she couldn't believe that anything was good. That was the first one. And then what did she do? She got angry when she saw something that looked like proof to what she was saying. She screws up the email and throws it in the bin. Many of us do that with the promises of God. Do not give up, even when the circumstances do not look like it's coming to pass. Why? Because God is true. He will keep his word. Okay? So Jesus said, this is what happens when the word is sown by the wayside. Satan comes immediately and he takes it away from your hearts because he'll fill your heart with something else. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, now I think is a good time to explain this. Uh, for those of you that didn't pick that up, Jeremiah 23, 11 to 13. I'll put it into the chat. Um, Jeremiah 23, 11 to 13. And so I've sent, so hopefully everybody's got that. That's the word of the Lord to us this year. Absolutely amazing. It's going to be something special. Um, and so... There we go. So everybody's got it now. Okay, fantastic. Let's go on. So Mark chapter 4, verse 15, that's where we are. But let's look at, so that's, let's go to verse 16 and 17 now. So let's go to the second response that Jesus laid out. And Jesus then said, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time afterward. And when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So the second piece of ground that Jesus speaks about. Oh, sorry, Jer sorry, Jeremiah 29. I apologize, Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 13. Yeah, sorry, I've, I've got a whole crowd of people. Pastor, but, but it, it's, I, I apologize. Jeremiah 29, two, 11 to 13. There we go. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Mark 4, verses 15 to 16. Second, that, that's, um, we're going, 
um, we're going from, yes, yeah, 16 to 17, sorry. Mark 4, 16 to 17. And the Bible says the following. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground. Um, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately are, they are offended. Okay. Um, if you put your questions in the chat, I'm copying them and I will get to them afterwards. So if you just put a question in, I've got it. All right. Second piece of ground. Jesus said, the seed falls onto stony ground. It does begin to grow, but he says it does not have much earth or root. So let's explain that. So the Bible says when it happens, immediately the people receive it with gladness. So they act on it. They grab the promise and they say, yes, I can do this until the Bible says affliction or persecution arises. So let me put a couple of things here. We'll come to the stony part last, but let's deal with the issue is the, the, the issue. The Bible says, verse 17, first phrase, and have no root in themselves. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you believe something, Nothing can shake your resolve, no matter what is going on around you. And this is what it means for the word of God to take root. So if you take the word of God through the process we spoke about in the beginning, it will move it from what we call head knowledge to heart knowledge. And let me show you where that is in scripture so we can see a pattern for it. And then we'll come back to this place. So this is how to make sure the word has root. Turn with me, please. To Proverbs 4. 20 to 23. And I'm going to read from. Twenty to twenty-three. All right, this is how the word takes root. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. The Bible says, my son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, health and healing, healing and health, to all their flesh. Verse 23, the Bible says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flow the springs of life. Notice what the Bible says is, for you to get the word of God into your heart, the Bible says first, attend to my words, pay attention to. That means say it, keep it in mind, write it down, put it onto a screen. The Bible then says, consent and submit to my sayings. That literally means if the Bible says, do X, do X. If you get into a, <laughs> if you get into a situation where, well, you know what? I feel like I'm not going to do it that way. Then you realize, let's clarify it. Let's go back to something we said earlier. 
God and his word are one. So when the Bible tells you this is in your best interest, do it like this. You are not ignoring a instruction the way you may ignore an instruction for soap. You are actually ignoring what God is saying about this is how I want you to live. And the reason I want you to do so is there's a benefit to it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, having the word rooted in yourself, the Bible says it, follow this pattern. Pay attention to it. Submit to it. That means choose to agree with what the Bible says, and God will come through on your behalf. But we'll come to that in a moment. Let them not depart from your sight. When the Bible said, let them not depart from your sight, that's a reference to meditation. So basically, talk about it. Think about it. Imagine it. Build the pictures. Keep the picture of the word, chew it over, say it to yourself repetitively. And then also, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says, keep them in the center of your heart. I don't know whether if, to show you what that's like before we go into it, think about the times when maybe it was you've wanted to either buy something at Christmas or you're waiting for the sales or you have a particular item that you said, right, or this is what I'm going to do on my wedding day. This is what I'm going to do with my first house. This is the kind of car I want to drive. Notice, have you noticed every single time you see that thing, the feeling comes back that I really want that. That effectively is what it means to keep something in your heart, to have an affection for something. And so the Bible says, have an affection for the word of God, because you're not having affection for something written, you're having an affection for a person. That's God. Keep it in the midst of your heart. Believe, expect, trust that the promise will come to pass. This is how you make sure the Bible, the words that they read in the Bible, the promises you read in the Bible will stay in your heart heart. This is the payoff. Verse 22. The Bible says the following, for they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. There's a payoff. When you go through the process of keeping the word of God in the center of your heart, in your thoughts, and in your words and actions, the results will come from the God you serve. They are called miracles. And for anybody who's holding on to a word of God, I pray from this moment, I really pray for you today that whatever you are believing God for, may the results come to you. May the word become life and may the word become health. The word health there is the word where we get restoration. May God restore to you what should have been yours in the beginning. Are we together? That's what the Bible says. So the, Jesus said, if that is not done, that means the word does not have a root in you. Then this process can happen. And so the Bible says that you endure, for, I'm going back to Mark 4 verse 17. And the Bible says this, the Bible says they endure for a time and then the Bible says, afterwards, when 
please, I pray what I'm about to say frees somebody. When affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake. Pause. The reason I say pause, and I want you to think about it, when you catch hell many times, it is simply because you have held on to a promise. Satan's desire is that I must make sure that promise doesn't come to pass in your life. So it is not, and let me say this carefully, he doesn't hate you personally. He just hates the word of God on your inside. His argument is with God. You are just in his way. And I want you to begin to remember this. And the Bible says, for the word's sake, trouble or tribulation will come. Now, I, let, let me put it practically. Let, let me see if I can help you practically. When you come out, notice when you start believing God or you start confessing the word of God concerning a particular subject, have you noticed that negative circumstances start showing up that will challenge what you have believed? So let's say you start sowing or you start believing God for finances. All of a sudden, you're going to hit a bump where it looks like everything is running out. This is key. This is really key that I want you to keep this in mind that the attack is the they're after the promise. It's not a personal assault. And so it's, it's so sometimes when you feel, but why is it all happening to me? Because you are holding on to a promise because God's word is sitting on your inside. He's spoken into your life at creation. He's spoken into your life through your experiences. He's spoken into your life through your associations. He's spoken into your life through the word. And it is that word that they are after. So ladies and gentlemen, I want you to please hear me. Take heart because God is going to work it out. And so Jesus said persecution and affliction arise for the word's sake. Let's break those words down just to make it clear. So you understand when the attack happens, you know that, oh, this, this is an attack. It's not that God is not faithful. It is not that God doesn't want to keep his word. This is what I am dealing with. So let me break down the words. So I'm going to, I'm now in Mark 4 verse uh, 17. The Greek word for affliction, it literally means pressure. So what it literally means pressure. That's what affliction is when they create pressure around you. So all of a sudden, and I'll give you an example, and I use, I, it, it's very interesting. It's like when you're believing God for finances, it looks like everybody else around you is making money. It looks like everybody else around you is blessed or you're believing God to get married. And all of a sudden, all your friends start getting married. All sorts of random re relations start getting married. And then the aunties kick in and then the news networks begin. And, you know, and all of a sudden you've been a bridesmaid seven times. Hear me well. It's just pressure. Will God keep his word? Yes, it is pressure. They are trying to, and now I'm going to, I'm going to, 
explain what's happening in the moment, but all they want you to do is submit to the pressure. I hear you. It's pressure. Then the Bible says persecution. Now, persecution is very, it's, it's an interesting word. It means to cause, to pursue, or to cause something to flee. That's what it's for. It's like things are chasing you. So all of a sudden, everything around you says, do this, do this, do this. They are only trying to get you to one point. And the point that the, the pressure, so it's pressure that, oh, well, you know what? Let's say you have a gas bill. What am I going to do? And you are believing God for money. You are believing God for healing. You are believing God to get married. And, and the time is ticking. Well, everybody else is getting married and you are not. All of a sudden, every single email you get, Instagram is the devil's playground. All your friends, pictures of their wedding, pictures of their bridesmaid, everybody's. And all of a sudden, it's pressure. They are only trying to do one thing. And the Bible, and let me break this down in the scripture and then we'll come to the last part. Turning your Bibles to John chapter 10, verse 10, please. John 10, verse 10. In John 10, verse 10, Jesus is speaking and he breaks down what's happening. John 10, verse 10, the Bible says the following. The thief comes in, in order only to steal. That's the first one. We've seen that in action. Second thing, kill. That means cause to die before it comes to maturity. Then he said, and destroy. That means even if you do come to maturity, we are not going to let you produce. The Bible says that all they want to do is steal, kill, or destroy. That's all Satan comes for. Stealing, we've seen. This is the killing part. How does he want you to kill it? This is, notice, he cannot stop God's word coming to pass in your life. He, he doesn't have the ability. It's not in his power. Take a look. How does he want you to do it? Put scripture against scripture. The Bible says the following. Proverbs chapter 18, reading from verse 21. The Bible says death and life are in the power of of your tongue they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof so they are trying to get you to kill what god has said how by saying the opposite well i don't believe it anyway remember the second person on the platform he talked himself out of a miracle this is what happened the last time. This is what I'm going through. And based upon everything that I've gone through, I'm not staying. Because of pressure, a memory came. Ladies and gentlemen, 
the last word in Mark 4, verse 17, the Bible said, Jesus said, immediate, the phrase is, immediately they are offended. Offended means, the root Greek word is scandalizo, where we get the word scandal, where we feel we are trapped, where we say something other than that which God has said about us. And Jesus said, the plant dies. This is what I want you to realize. When God gives you a promise, the only person who can stop it coming to pass is you or I. Keep this in mind. When the pressure comes, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, sometimes I've slipped up and I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not. It's, it's pretty obvious I'm not perfect. But this is, I'll tell you where it works. Growing up for me, I, I was very ill regularly. Um, and it was it was one thing. I mean, whatever it was, I would catch it. Different things would happen. I, I mean, name it, in, in and out of illness. So by the time I came to Jesus Christ, um, health <laughs> became an issue. Uh, I, I was very, very ill at different times. And so I found the scripture that says in Isaiah 53 verses four and five that Jesus will heal you by his stripes. And I went for it. Early in my Christian life, I think I've told the story before, I was healed from typhoid miraculously. And that sealed something for me. But this is what I want you to realize. You need those experiences because when pressure comes, you need to be able to respond according to the word against all the odds around you. And so skip forward a few years and now I'm married. We're having our second baby and my wife is very ill. And then they phone, I get the phone call at home. And if you've ever watched ER or whatever, the person gets a phone call, you know, can you come to the hospital? And they get dressed, get into their nice car and they come, it's a lie. When I got the phone call, my world ended. I didn't know what to do, what was happening. And I said, can you come to the hospital and come now? <laughs> I get into my car. I'm praying in tongues. I drive to the hospital. I get to the room and my wife is very ill. Um, she's bleeding heavily and pressure kicks in. All the time I was driving, it was, well, this is it. It's over. As with everything else, this is going to end early. This is what's going to happen to you. This is what's going to, and the, and Satan, um, literally, I mean it, Satan begins to batter my mind. I, I'm driving, to, I'm praying in tongues. I'm driving. I'm not sure what I was wearing. You know, I, I, I have no idea. I mean, you know, I pulled on a pair of jeans trainers and I was coming and I was praying like a maniac. I got to the hospital and I am presented with this scene. Now, let me explain. The person there in all their kindness tried to calm me down. And he said, oh, you know, what, you know, Pastor, Mr. Akasaya, when you go in orders, it, the site is terrible. Da, da, da. I walked past him. 
Now, listen, this is my wife. I've walked in and the sight will never leave me. At that point in time, that is what you call pressure. So I have two ways I can go. I can panic. Start, you know, pick the nurse off the floor, shake him that, you know, go and get the doctor, go and get the doctor. Why aren't you here? Doggy, doggy, dog. I, I could panic. But this is the effect of allowing the word of God to take root. When you are under pressure, the word of God comes out. And this is what Jesus was talking about. I phoned my brother-in-law and I walked back into the room and I started praying like crazy. And again, that scripture of the Holy Ghost will tell you what to do and what to say in a particular event kicked in. He said, say this, say this, pray this. And I laid hands with confidence. And it was a confidence that was a gift. I laid hands with confidence and I prayed. The bleeding effectively stopped within 20 minutes. What am I telling you? The difference between life and death is found in how you treat the word of God now. I will never forget. And it was because I had gone through it. They had tested it. I had put it to the test under pressure. I could still respond to God in all areas. Am I like that? No, I'm not. I'm not. My confidence area. I have to build up sometimes daily. My financial attitude, my money attitude towards money, I have to undo the kind of thinking that I have, that has been built into me over some very difficult years. I have to do that. I'm still working on that. Uh, uh, different areas. Uh, there are different areas I'm working on. So I'm not asking you to be perfect, but I am asking you that the ones that you're holding on to now work on. Because when pressure comes, this is what Jesus was saying, they will not take what is yours my wife is alive and my daughters are alive and i'm grateful to god so what is jesus saying if i had not gone through the process of allowing the word to take root under pressure i would have folded and that's what he's saying and that's how they kill so we've looked at how they steal looked at how they kill um, we've got seven minutes to go. I'm going to pause there because I've got a question. We will deal with the last two next week when we wrap, when, um, as we wrap this up, as we wrap, begin to wrap this up. Um, but let me answer a question now. And the Bible's uh, not the, um, the question is this good evening, pastor. What do you do when you feel like a promise has been stolen? Is there a way to reclaim it? <laughs> I love you. Great question. Uh, great question. I made it from the bottom of my heart. Great question. What do you do if you, you feel like it's stolen? Let's settle something. Turn in your Bibles, please, to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14. Um, I'm going to read the Bible. I can quote it, but I'll, I'll read it. The Bible says this, I know that whatever God does, it endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. And God does it so that men will reverently fear before fear him. 
rever and worship him knowing that he is okay let's settle something that means if god gives you a promise because god is still god you can if it, if it seems lost let's settle something god is able to do the impossible because many times we say okay lord but the opportunity has gone i'm too old now i'm no longer there i'm no longer in that situation let's clarify god said as long as i'm with you i can make the impossible possible so what do you do if you feel like a promise is lost is there a way to reclaim it you go back to the word and you follow the process you read you study you confess you you read study meditate confess and you act on it the bible says god knows how to give you back what yesterday thought was stolen and i'll prove that to you and then this is where we'll wrap it up psalm 103 verse 5 psalms 103 verse 5 is this the bible and, and i've got an example the bible says this psalm 103 verse 5 the bible says god will satisfy your mouth your expectation your necessity and your desire at your current age and situation so that your youth is renewed like the eagles soaring and overcoming simple example if you feel that a promise is lost and i'll tell you a very short story very short story i my daughter needed a laptop this is this is my most recent one my daughter needed a laptop and we somebody blessed us with a laptop so we were very excited oh i've got a laptop for you and you know it was like okay let's we got home and we opened the laptop and the screen is cracked. My daughter's face fell like a, a you know when, a, a, and this is not a young child, this is, this is my daughter's 1920, uh, this is 20 years old, her face fell. And it was like, ah, I really would have loved this laptop, but it's broken. I get onto the internet and I realize, okay, what can we do? So I start, I am, I am a geek like that. So I start looking around, okay, so I can, you can buy the screen, it's difficult to fix in, but you can buy the whole thing. So I bought the whole thing and I spent two days. Internet in one hand, buying equipment, working on the laptop. I will never forget my daughter's face when I said, here you go. As long as your father is still God the person who gave you the promise is able to make it happen because he's not done so what you i want you to realize is don't be afraid to go through the process again why god is faithful and so it's as simple as that and that is what psalm 103 verse 5 god said listen Put it in my hands. I'm not panicking. I can still make it happen. Why? My last scripture on that one, and this is where we'll, after this we'll, we'll pray. Uh, we, we will pray. 
because I, I feel that's how we're going to end it tonight. Isaiah 55, verse 11. God says something about his word. And it is this. He says, so shall my word be that proceeds out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Meaning God and his word are one. God is infallible. God's word is infallible. If you have thought the promise is done, God said, I'm not done. Go and pick it up and let's see what happens. Oh, but God is tougher now. He said, I'm God and you are not. And so Lady, I really hope that helps you. If you feel that you've lost the promise, now that you know what you know, take the information you have, pick up the promises that you're holding onto and reapply them to your life. And I pray that from this, from this night forward, God will perform miracles on your behalf. And so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to pray a prayer with you. Um, let's, as we bring this, we've got, so we are at, so we've done two, we've got two more types of ground. Um, and let's say a prayer as we close. And Father Almighty God, I pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that for every single person that is listening, for every single person that is here, and for every single person who's sitting in the Bible study, I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father Almighty God, that your word becomes the foundation of who they are, what they are, and what they experience. I pray that every promise that seems to have been lost, that Father Almighty God, you turn, if necessary, turn back the hands of time. I pray that you intervene. I pray, Father Almighty God, that everything that your children realize is theirs. Father, let it come to pass, especially in this season. And I pray, Father, that this will be the most pivotal time of their lives. I thank you, Father Almighty God, and I bless you. For anybody who's believing God for healing in particular, I pray that Isaiah 53 verses 4 and 5 comes to pass in your life that in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and by the stripes on his back, that you or your loved ones are healed. God will be kind for you. So ladies and gentlemen, God bless you. Have a wonderful night.